Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. That's Tanner Hendrickson, and I'm Brandon Kylie. It is BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. And right now, we are very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by Neil Greenberg. He is a writer for the Washington Post, and you can follow him on Twitter at in Greenberg. Neil, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you all doing? Doing all right. So we wanted to talk to somebody that is close to uh, the Washington Nationals out there in D.C. because uh, the Nationals are of interest, as you can probably imagine, Neil, for Cardinals fans right now who are hoping that they just crumble over the course of the next month and a half or so. So they start selling at the deadline. What's your impression of this Nationals team so far this year? Do you think that's in play? Yeah, I mean, they're certainly um, underwhelming. And, um, you know, anytime you have a situation where you're in last place, you have a low chance to win in the division, uh, even though you had that before and ended up winning the Nash, you know, the, the World Series. Uh, but I think if we're looking at it again, um, you know, they're, they're not competitive in the East. They're not going to be competitive for a, a playoff spot. And when you have a free agent to be like Max Scherzer, you know, you have to start listening to offers, I think. Um, that would be the prudent thing to do. I know they always say, you know, we're always listening, but, um, you know, I think this this should be a situation where they use the opportunity to, um, you know, restart the cupboard a little bit and uh, look to, to get some prospects. They're in an interesting situation, Neil, the, the Nationals, because if you were to make that trade, like you're not looking to blow things up anytime soon because, of course, you have one of the more impactful young players in the game today and you still have Steven Strasburg and some really good core pieces. So, so what are the Washington Nationals looking at if they were to trade away a Max Scherzer? Are you wanting major league-ready talent? Um, I don't think they'll be able to get major league ready talent. I mean, you look at like the Corey Kluber um, trade, you know, that got outf- outfielder Delano the Shields and a pitcher. Um, you know, a lot of people were lukewarm on that. Hugh Darvish brought back a couple of prospects. Blake Snow brought back a couple of prospects. Um, I don't think you're going to get much for a 37 year old pitcher who, you know, I guess is doing okay, not great. Um, and then expect to get, you know, wowed. I mean, you're, you're, you're really at this point just looking um, not only to get the best possible deal, but not have him walk in free agency and, and be left with nothing. 
I am curious, Neil. You said he, he's just been okay, not great so far this year. How, how much of a drop-off would you expect from Max Scherzer? Because if the Cardinals acquired him, my guess would be they'd probably try to bring him back as well for 2022. <clears throat> how much of a drop would you expect from his play over the next couple of years? I mean, he's 37 years old, right? I mean, his ERA looks good, 2.34. Um, you know, he's he's certainly getting the benefit of a low batting average on balls in play. Um, you know, but he's always going to strike out batters, right? I mean, his strikeout rate is, is the highest it's ever been. Um, it's also up around the major leagues. You know, his fastball velocity is is still there. I mean, he's a he's a good pitcher. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he certainly would would add value. I think both this year, and you can probably expect to see something very similar to to next year. Um, but again, I mean, it's mostly because if you're the Nationals, look, you paid him a lot of money when he came here. You've gotten a lot of value from him in the terms of. You know, Cy Youngs, and, and I think he could have been the MVP in some of those years, but also obviously the World Series. You know, you've more than, than gotten your, your money's worth from his contract. Um, I think now's the time to, to start to look to, uh, you know, to get something for that. Now, there's some other names, too, that are out there with the Washington Nationals that might be intriguing for other teams, Neil. And one that I know St. Louis fans have brought up is the closer in the bullpen for him in Daniel Hudson. Is that another name that you could see the Nationals possibly looking to move come trade deadline time or maybe before trade deadline? Yeah, I think you have to trade anybody that's going to be a free agent, especially, um, you know, at the you know, premier starter, starting players, and, and you know, someone like a closer. Um, closers, in my opinion, are, are made, not born. I mean, you can, you know, if you have a good reliever, you can, you can turn them into a closer. I don't think that the replaceability is, um, you know, is that difficult, especially for a guy like Hudson that's pitching pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, they certainly should entertain anything, anything for – any of their, you know, any of their, their free agents. I mean, Scherzer, right, Hudson, you have Jan Gomez, who's really starting to perk up over the past couple of games. You know, you have Joe Ross. I mean, um, you know, these are, these are players that are in the starting lineup or the starting rotation that, um, you know, would have value. Now, are you going to be getting, like, you know, top-tier prospects? No, but, you know, again, at some point, it's, you know, just not losing them and not having some replacement assets in their wake. Um, so I think it would be smart business to, to listen to offers on all those players. We're talking to Neil Greenberg here on 101 ESPN. Neil, I did want to change things over a little bit to another team in the National League East. You wrote recently about Francisco Lindor and his struggles this year and how it's it's kind of been more of a three-year trend for him. In the offseason, I was leading the charge prior to this Nolan Arenado thing of the Cardinals going out there and acquiring Francisco Lindor. What's gone wrong for him? What, why, why has this not gone as I would imagine the vast majority of Mets fans would have expected? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely perplexing. Um, he appears to have peaked in 2018 by a number of different metrics. Probably the most alarming right now is that he's not getting a lot of hits on the sweet spot of the bat. Um, so instead of driving the ball with power or getting these line drives, um, he's topping the ball and it's leading to more ground ground balls, which convert more easily to outs. Um, and that's really been the challenge here. I mean, he's making as many outs on batting um, balls in play than a pitcher would. 
and that's you know you if you're signing a guy to three hundred million dollars, you you know you want him to be a little bit better hitter than uh, you know the collective pitchers in the in the league. Um, so that's really what's been the, the the big thing because it's not like he's getting bad luck. Um, you know, bad bounces. He's not striking out more. You know, even if you even if you credit him with, you know, all everything in terms of how hard he's hitting the ball and and kind of the the launch angle, he still would be you know a subpar hitter. He'd be batting just two seventeen with a three forty seven um, slugging. So I mean, that's you know that's awful. Anyway, you slice it. Um, so I I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if it's if it's um, you know a change in his swing pattern. What I do know is even if you look at it, what he, what he did last year, um, you know, his, his batting profile is very similar to guys in their mid-30s. And you can say, yeah, sure, it's a 60-game sample or what have you, but, you know, anytime you go through a, a decent stretch of games, let's face it, 60 games is, is a decent stretch, and you're 28 years old, but your batting profile is similar to guys who are in their, you know, low to mid-30s, that's concerning. And then you tack on this year where he's gotten off to a rough start. You know, I think we're beyond the small sample size portion of the argument. I think that there's something fundamentally wrong with how he's approaching the plate. Neil, when you look at the the measuring sticks right now in the National League, it's the Dodgers, it's the Padres, and I guess you could argue that it's the Giants right now with how they're playing. When you look at this NL East division, is there a, a team that, that's clear-cut that you feel can compete with those teams in the NL West, or is it just those guys and everyone else battling for that second tier? You know, I think if the if the Mets are healthy, they probably they probably can be a contender with the the Dodgers and, and Padres. Um, you know, but again, that's a that's a pretty big if. I mean, and and you know, they're they're actually fortunate to be in the situation that they're in with the um, the injuries that they've had, and also as we just talked about, the way Lindor has been playing. Um, so I think that speaks to to you know how competitive they can be. At, um, but like you said, I mean, we've always seen baseball as, as top-heavy. Um, you know, the division races might be a little bit more in play than they have been in previous years. But, um, you know, by and large, we're looking at teams that, that are spending the money, Dodgers, um, Yankees, Padres, Mets. Um, and those are probably going to be among your uh, World Series contenders as we go through the season. Final thing I've got for you, Neil, and I know you're a hockey guy as well. What's been your biggest impression, your biggest takeaway so far from the 2021 postseason? Um, I think the Colorado Avalanche are for real. Um, you know, you looked at them coming into the into the playoffs. They were uh, one of the most dominant teams at even strength, uh, both for goal scoring, but also after you adjust their, their shot volume and shot quality. Um, they were the real deal. And, you know, when you looked at it, it was, um, you know, you really didn't know what to expect being that, you know, they really just played divisional, intra-divisional opponents. Um, but that type of stuff tends to carry. You can carry that out of your division. If you're playing well at even strength, historically, that's been a, a recipe for success. So I think, um, you know, the Colorado Avalanche, um, they were my pick to win before the playoffs started. Um, they're looking like the real deal. He's Neil Greenberg. You can find his work over at the Washington Post and make sure you follow him on Twitter as well at in Greenberg. Neil, we always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us today. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on.